0: This is the day Thank you, God, for Jesus. Amen.
1: Grace and peace and welcome to Cokesbury United Methodist Church here in Woodbridge, Virginia. My name is Taylor Mertens. I serve as the pastor here at the church. And I just want to start by saying today, Happy New Year! It is Advent, which means it's the beginning of the new year for Christians. I know if you're looking at your calendar, you're thinking, uh, we're still at the end of November, Taylor. It's not the new year, but it is for us. We start the new year with Advent, which is why you see purple and the Advent wreath. Many thanks to Elijah Wolf Mertens, the acolyte today, for lighting our candle. Uh, We are in the season of Advent. It is a time of preparation and waiting and longing, and it really is just uh, the best time of the year, liturgically speaking, for what it means to be Christians. I'm delighted that you have decided to join us for worship today. Whether you're with us on Facebook or YouTube or you're listening later or watching or reading, however you're participating in worship with us today. Uh, There are a lot of things going on in the life of our church. We continue to put out weekly devotionals, uh, Facebook Live videos, emails, all that sort of stuff. You can find out more on our website. There's an online bulletin for our service. The the link for accessing it is in the video description. I encourage you to pull it up if you would like to see the lyrics to our hymn or the scripture reading or any of that kind of pertinent uh, information. I also want to share that Christmas Eve is going to be here before we know it. We're going to be having two Christmas Eve services this year for Cokesbury. The first is going to be a drive-in service on Christmas Eve, the 24th of December, at 3 p.m. in our parking lot. Uh, Just as we've been doing some drive-in services, it'll be short 20 to 30 minutes, a prayer, uh, some scripture, a brief homily, and then uh, the Lord's table, the communion for all of us. And uh, then we're also going to have an online service at 7 o'clock in the evening, that you'll be able to access on Facebook or YouTube that will take place here in the sanctuary that you can, you can watch uh, from the comfort of your own home so that we can keep everyone as safe as we possibly can during this time. Uh, so it's Advent, friends. I'm so excited for this season, for a new beginning. Don't we really, really need one? Uh, so with that, I encourage you to just uh, bow your heads for a moment of prayer. Uh, And then after we pray silently, we're going to enjoy uh, the beginning of the Advent candle uh, reading and lighting from the Blair and the Wilson family. So let's pray silently, and then we're going to hear the Advent candle prayer and the lighting.
2: Through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
0: Lord, as we light this first Advent candle.
2: We pray for the courage and the conviction to see ourselves as we really are, sinners in need of grace. Therefore, fashion us like the potter with clay, that we may become the work of your hands. Amen. Amen. You thing. Oh, one more.
0: Oh. Okay. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful, wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim
1: in the light of his glory and grace. Let us pray. Lord, may you now let us this year once more approach the light, the celebration, and the strange wonder of Advent that eventually brings us face to face with the greatest thing there is, your love, with which you so loved the world that you gave your only son for us. What could we possibly bring and give to you, O Lord? So much darkness in our relationships and in our own hearts, so many confused thoughts, so much coldness and defiance, so much carelessness and hatred, so much of that which you cannot rejoice, those things that separate us from one another and certainly cannot help us, so much that runs directly against the gift found in the manger and in your son's promised return. What are you to do with us? But all of this is precisely what you want to receive from us and take away from us every time of year. The whole pile and rubbish of ourselves, just as we are, in order to instead give us in return Jesus, our Savior. And in him a new heaven and a new earth, new hearts and a new desire, new clarity and new hope for us and for all people. So with that, O Lord, each of us will now pray silently to you, Uh, or aloud from wherever we are, lifting up to you our own joys and our own concerns this day. And as you taught us, Lord, so now we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the prophet Isaiah in the 64th chapter, verses 1 through 9. So hear now God's holy word
2: scripture reading for today is Isaiah chapter 64 verses 1 through 9. Hear the word of the Lord. Oh that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect you came down The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you and your ways. But you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. Now consider, we are all your people. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Our hymn today is number 196 in the United Methodist hymnal. 196. It's Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. If you're unfamiliar with the words, you can find them in the online bulletin. Uh, but join me over on the drums as we play and sing together, Come Thou Long Expected
0: Jesus. Thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation For
1: That you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. In most churches, there are two types of people. There are those who, seeing the, the purple pyramids and, and the tree and the wreath, and in hearing the scriptures about sin and judgment and wrath, they think to themselves, Thank God, it's finally Advent again. And then there are those who, seeing and hearing the same things, they think to themselves, what in the world is happening? Where's the Christmas spirit? I thought this was supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. Advent, for better or worse, is a habit. And it takes a whole lot of courage and consideration to get used to this different season in the life of the church. Because outside of the Christian community, Advent is just an excuse for others to speed up all the way toward Christmas. The decorations have been on sale since before Halloween. Black Friday doesn't even begin on Friday anymore. And just about every online real ta- re- re- retailer is constantly bombarding all of us with the reminder that we need to get our presents now before it's too late. But Advent. Advent, in the church at least, it teaches us to delay Christmas in order to rejoice in it when it truly and finally arrives. Advent, it habituates us into seeing how the message of Christmas vanishes. If we are not willing to walk toward the shame and the pain that is all around us, Advent, it reminds us that we need the light of the world because we're stuck in the darkness, which is why Advent always begins in the dark. Our reading today, Isaiah appropriately depicts the stark nature of this liturgical season with a very strange and confounding perceived absence of God. God, can't you just come down here and start shaking things up? You know, we could do for some trembling mountains and some boiling rivers. I mean, we remember the mighty deeds with, from which you delivered us from the snares of death. And yet for years and years, no one has heard or seen or experienced anything divine except for you. And you work in and through those who know what it means to wait. But you were angry, O Lord, with our miserable estate. You look down upon our sinfulness, our wanton disregard for the last, least, lost, little and dead. We're unclean. All of our supposedly good deeds are nothing but a filthy rag. Yet, O Lord, you are the Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hand. So, Lord, please don't be exceedingly angry with us. Do not remember our sins forever because we belong to you. The language in the scripture passage today is not for the faint of heart. It's certainly not what most of us are used to hearing about this time of year because we'd prefer to hear about hope and love and, and joy or maybe reflect on the theological values of the Grinch and It's a Wonderful Life and perhaps even Home Alone. And to be fair... Even though it's not what we would necessarily prefer to hear about, the words of Isaiah, they're already echoed in our world and in our living in the world. Tables were set this week for Thanksgiving with empty seats, either because people could not travel in light of the coronavirus or because they are part of the quarter million of people who have died in this country because of the pandemic. Our holidays, they have the potential to both bring out gratitude and our anger. We can be thankful for what we have while at the very same time be filled with rage because of how the world continues to spin while we suffer. You know, in spite of travel restrictions and warnings about gatherings with too many people, airports across the country swelled this week as they always do this time of year, which has led many epidemiologists to intone, it's fine if you want to have a big family gathering right now so long as you're prepared to bury someone by Christmas. And it's not just the pandemic that brings Isaiah's words into focus right now. More people suffer from depression at this time of year. More people end their own lives at this time of year. More couples get divorced at this time of year. More car accidents happen at this time of year. I could go on and on and on. So it's right here in the midst of a world drowning in bad news. It's not hard to imagine raising our clenched fists in anger to the sky and shouting, God, where the hell are you? Because that, that is an Advent question. It's perhaps the Advent question. This isn't the easiest stuff to contemplate or mull over right now. I I too, I rejoice in setting up the the lights on my house and tuning the radio to the old familiar Christmas hits and, and quoting along with all my favorite holiday movies. But to so engage in this festive atmosphere can be a denial of the reality of life. Advent, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, it requires us to look straight into the heart of darkness, particularly when we are afraid that we might see ourselves in it. Isaiah reminds us today that even the best of us are distorted and unclean. All the supposedly good deeds we have can be compared to a filthy old rag. We, each and every one of us, We choose to do things we know we shouldn't. We avoid doing things we know we should. Whether it's leaving a nasty comment on social media or or dropping a, a scathing critique of a family member around the table to avoiding the apology and the reconciliation that we know deep in our bones that we really need to do. To confess the condition of our condition requires a constitution made possible only by a community called church in which we are reminded of the truth the condition of our condition, over and over and over again. We are, of course, beloved children of God, crafted in the image of the divine, fearfully and wonderfully made, and yet at the same time, all of us are sinners desperately in need of grace. That's why we begin the church year with Advent, a season that begins in darkness we, unlike the the crowded ways of life, we know the truth of who we are, that there is nothing good in us, that we all fade away like the leaves. Therefore, we can enter into Advent with a a hopeful spirit, but not, not looking away from the darkness, not filling our lives with fluff in order to deny the truth, instead by praying for the Holy Spirit to give us the courage and the conviction to look straight into the muck and the mire of this life. Because in the end, That's exactly where God chose and still chooses to show up for us, in Jesus. Jesus Christ, for whom our hearts long for, who we are prepared for, he is the one who identifies not with the people who've got it all figured out, not with the people who have the perfect decorations on their houses, not with the people who already have all the presents wrapped under the tree. Jesus comes for the last, the least, the lost, the little, the dead. Who, if we're honest, also includes all the people who seem like they have it all together on the surface. But under our masks, we're all the same. Sinners in need of grace. It's Jesus, thanks be to God, who comes to take our shame and our pain by being born into this crazy mixed up world. He shows up in darkness and gives himself up to die the brutal and the dehumanizing death of a slave. And there's a reason Jesus spent his earthly ministry among the marginalized. It's because they were those who had been crying out like Isaiah for rectification. There's a reason. We nailed Jesus to the tree after all of his healing and his teaching because no one wants to be told they're a sinner. And so we killed God, or at least we thought we did. Despite our best efforts, the grave could not contain the Lord. He rose on the third day in order to save us from ourselves. He taught the disciples about the way, the truth, and the life, and then he ascended to the right hand of the Father. But that's not the end of the story. In fact, it's the beginning of the end. For as much as we're Easter people, we are also Advent people. The church lives in Advent. We are stuck in Advent. We are a people between and out of time. We worship the once and the future King Jesus Christ. We live in the light of his resurrection while anticipating his return to transfigure the cosmos into the new heaven and the new earth. We, like Isaiah, are a people who know what it means to wait. You know, we're ripe with bad news in the world right now. Between the never-ending political infighting, the civil unrest, an extremely communicable virus, there's plenty of horrible things happening, and it always seems to coincide with the season we call Advent. But as Advent people, we have the benefit of knowing the story behind the story. Because when we pick up the paper, or we flip through the news, or we doom scroll through Twitter, we can rightly observe, no wonder God had to send his son into the world. Because Jesus is the only hope we've got. Our hope, it won't come from the world. It will never come from the next political candidate or the next policy initiative, or the next fiscal plan, or the next diet, or the next pharmaceutical breakthrough. If our hope could come from the world, it would have happened a long, long time ago. We don't have the power in us to fix what is in us, despite what every single commercial tries to sell us. No Peloton, no diet, no queer eye makeover can transform us into the selves we really should be. No job, no paycheck, no material possession can fill the hole we feel in the depths of our souls. No gift under the tree, no light on the house, no curated Christmas carol playlist can cover up the truth of who we really are. The comfort we so need, the comfort we so seek must come from somewhere else in a burst of power breaking upon us from beyond us altogether. The joy of Advent, it comes from a different place. It comes from the Lord, who who chose to do the inexplicable for a people undeserving. It comes from the Son, who chose to live by forgiveness rather than vengeance. It comes from the Spirit, who chooses to move in and through us, even though we're nothing but a bunch of filthy old rags. Here's the good news of Advent. God will come again. God's justice will prevail over all that is wrong in this life. God will fully destroy evil and pain and suffering forever and ever. Advent, this blessed and confounding season in the church, it's all about looking straight Into the darkness. It's about seeking solidarity with those whose lives are nothing but darkness. All while living with the unshakable hope of those who expect the dawn to break in from on high. To follow Jesus is to recognize that we are a people stuck in Advent. And the only way out is through a Lord. The Lord who rejoices and delights in making a way where there is no way for making the impossible possible. So I offer this to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, wash us today with your Spirit, that we may a people of life in the midst of a world filled with violence. For water is life. Water cleans, water kills. It frightens us. And so frightened, we are tempted to stay away from the water, knowing what it contains and what it can do. But you compel us to come to the water, the living water. And we can do so only because you have taught us to cling to our baptisms, where we are drowned and reborn by the water and the fire of your spirit. So reborn, make us unafraid, O Lord. And all God's people say, Amen. God has gathered us together. God has proclaimed God's word, and now we respond to what God has said with the giving of ourselves, with our time, our efforts, but also with our tithes and our offerings. I encourage you to give with glad and generous hearts to God through the ministries of Cokesbury United Methodist Church. You may give online. The link for doing so is in the video description. You may give by sending a check through the mail to the church, or if you live locally, you can bring your offering by. We have a drop slot by our main office doors. But give, give that we may be a people who are and can help embody light in the darkness, the light that shines first from Christ and then through us. Another way that we like to respond to what God has said and God is doing is by affirming our faith in the Lord using the Apostles' Creed. So join me as we affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, Amen. A final way that we can respond this week is by remembering our baptism. It's notable that the the final image in the passage from Isaiah today is that of a potter with clay. My youngest sister, Laura Page Keller, she is a ceramicist. She throws on the wheel and creates these incredible incredible pieces of art and she's the one who taught me that clay is one of the most remarkable mediums because there's no limit really to what you can do with it a potter can work for hours and hours and slave away and even if the whole thing falls apart in his or her hands the only thing you need to start over again is water which is perfect that it's used by isaiah here is this image and it's perfect for us because Water is what God uses to make and reshape up the waters of baptism. In the United Methodist Church, we like to encourage folk to remember their baptisms at least once a year. Usually, we'll bring the baptismal font out, and uh, someone like me will take a finger and put it in the water. And as people come forward, we mark their foreheads with the sign of the cross and we say, Remember your baptism and be thankful. Now, of course, we can't do that right now because of the pandemic, but I encourage all of you who are participating sometime this week to take a little bit of water. Maybe it's when you're, you're washing your hands because you should be washing your hands all the time, or maybe you're doing dishes in the sink, or maybe you're in the shower or the bath. It doesn't matter, but take a little bit of water in your finger. Make the sign of the cross on your forehead. Remember your baptism and be thankful because the waters of baptism they are the thing that helps us to live into the new reality shaped in us and for us by the great divine potter who, by the power of the Spirit, is able to rework us over and over and over again. God is the potter, and we are the clay. So with that, I'd like to offer you now this blessing and benediction. May the God of grace and glory, God of the beginning and the end, the God of life and of death and of resurrection, the God of advent Help you to see, know, and believe that we are a people stuck in Advent, but there's really no greater place to be. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. I look forward to gathering with you again next week, same time, same place, for some more advent get it? With the Lord. Go in peace. Amen, amen, and amen.